0: Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. So, God, this morning we give you ourselves, and we say we want everything you have for us. God, we don't want to settle for anything less. We're here to worship you in singing. We're here to worship you in in learning. We're here to worship you in just submitting to you so this morning, God, will you speak to us? Will you remind us? Will you challenge us? And will you remind us that you love us? It's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all can be seated. It is good to be with you this morning. I um, want to remind you get your C-Fill Act books. We do have a few more of those if you haven't gotten one so far. But also, this is a, if you're new, this is a way people keep notes. And it's also our way to um, walk you through Scripture. And so those are in the Welcome Centers if you need one this morning. I feel a little bit different today speaking than in the past. You want to know why? If you were with us here or online last week, my wife Amber, she spoke on Mother's Day. Service gets over, and well, <laughs> you don't know it, but you're reinforcing something here. <laughs> we get off stage. <laughs> And we begin to walk around as we always do, just seeing people, y'all, our family, and and whatnot. And as I we walk off and we begin to talk, I begin to hear these sentiments. Scott, you better watch out. Scott, you may have a problem on your hands. Scott, you may not be the best speaker in the Moore family. And I want to thank you this morning for all those words. They're fantastic. So this morning, I feel like I'm just trying to regain my job back, you know what I'm saying? That's where I am today, but uh, you, you did affirm, and the same thing, I believe, as did a great job last week, and we just really are thankful that we get to be part of leading this church that God is using in great ways, and so, um, so I hope I don't let too many of you down today, but it's good to be back. If I asked you a question this morning, if I said... Think of the person in your life. Think of the person in your life that you have looked up to because of their faith or trust in God. Who would be that person? I think if we all stop and think about it, we have that person in our life where we're like, we look at and say, they just live differently we see how they walk through situations we see how they make decisions we see their attitude in life they just live differently and sometimes we're like man i wish i could live like that I have my people, I have people that I've looked up to, and some of them are in this room that I've watched you, how you've walked through life. And I think God gives us these people. I think God gives these people not to, like, compare our lives with each other to in order to say, oh, they're, they're here and we're here. We all have different stories. We all have different experiences. We all have different ways we've gotten where we are. I don't think he gives them so we compare. I think he gives us people so they can almost inspire us of what life could be, gives a picture of what life could be. What could life be like if, 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 if I believed that God wanted to do a greater work in me and I let him? What would life be like if I intentionally said, this is an area of, of life I want to grow in? Because I'll tell you, without hesitation, I do think God wants us to grow in this area all the time. I think He wants more for us. I think He wants us to grow in a deeper, stronger faith. I think He wants us to get to a place where we we can trust Him with even the little things in our life, not just the big things. I think He wants us to get to a level where we've never trusted before because this is a completely different life. He wants us to, one day at a time, one decision at a time, step by step, We willing to trust him no more because he knows what we know, that relationships without trust never grow into their full potential. Relationships without a healthy, deep level of trust never grow into their full potential. And you've experienced this in your life. You've experienced it with friends. You've experienced it with spouses. You've experienced it with bosses. You've experienced it with coworkers. You've experienced it with teammates. Because it extends into every relationship that you'll ever have in your life. It, it, it's a truth that extends all the way back to the very first relationship. We know the beginning of the story of all of this. We know God created everything. We know how the story of Genesis works. And we know what happened very quickly after creation. We know that Adam and Eve made a decision for disobedience. And for the first time, the world is imperfect and it's broken. Now when we talk about this story of the beginning of everything, the moment we mostly talk about or the thing that we focus on is typically what? That specific moment of disobedience. We go back to that that moment that Adam and Eve did something that we almost lament of like you know the decision you made and how it affected humanity and creation forever. We know that moment, we know that story. But I have a little problem with this story because often in life when things go bad, there's something that happens before the moment that got you there. And and I look at this story and I'm like, what got Adam and Eve in this mess? What brought them to the place of disobedience? And quite frankly, I think What I see in the story, how I view the story How I filter the story Is their lack of obedience I I think directly came from their lack of trust Their lack of obedience came from their lack of trust That that God told them You can have everything in this What I've created except this one thing You can enjoy life and you've got it all Except for you know the one thing, right? The, The tree of knowledge tree of knowledge that was of good and evil and and Adam and Eve knew this and they knew what God had told them but it's almost they couldn't accept those terms but why but why couldn't they accept it because I don't think they woke up that day to be disobedient I don't think that they entered that scene with, with like I want to go against what God has for us I don't read that story and go, these were rebellious people that were looking for this. I think what happens in this story, what we see is from the very beginning, there was a lack of trust. They didn't trust that what God provided for them, gave to them, was really all that they needed. From the very beginning, they, they, um, they, they, they didn't trust that what God had provided and was putting at their feet was all they were ever going to need, that He was everything they were going to need. They couldn't trust that completely, so they went outside. And so this, in the beginning, I think humanity had a lack of faith that God could be totally trusted which led to disobedience, which led to sin, which led to destruction, which led to this relationship not experiencing its most full potential the way God created it to be, which leaves us a God. For the rest of Scripture, this is the thread, I think, that weaves all through Scripture, is once that was broken, God is now pursuing humanity pursuing you and me trying to rebuild trying to get back to the place where the relationship was supposed to be a relationship built on trust God you who are who you say you are God you have provided and you do give me you are everything I need this is the story but let's go to today And let's go to you. The simple but direct question I want to ask you this morning is, do I, or I want you to ask yourself, is do I trust Jesus in a way that's growing our relationship to its full potential? This is on you. Do you trust Jesus in a way that it's growing your relationship to its fullest potential the way that God designed you to be in? How is your faith in Jesus today? In October uh, 2015 something happened that changed an area of this country. It was a rainfall. Now, It rains here all the time. We got a bunch of it this week, right? Rain is not significant to us, and we wouldn't consider that something that changes too much unless you have some plans that you're trying to work around. But there's this place in California called Death Valley. Death Valley is the driest and hottest place in North America, and there's not much life there. Until the day it rained. Actually, it wasn't one rainfall. It was three rainfalls in October 2015. And it came out of nowhere. This is not normal for Death Valley. This is the way it looks, and you can imagine how that feels. But then it rained. But I'll be honest, right after that rain, nothing really changed that you would be able to see. It just went back to its normal until several months later in 2016. And what happened in Death Valley, what was called the super bloom. And all of a sudden, beautiful flowers, plants, came out of nowhere. The change in this valley that happened because the rainfall they called it the super bloom and and they had not seen something like this there see the difference and I'm thinking about this story that I know this thing that I heard in the news and in context to what we're talking about today and I'm wondering is there sometimes we feel like in our life we're like that death valley that dry uncomfortable Not much life. We're in this place where our trust in Jesus kind of feels like the Death Valley before this rain, and and we struggle with, why does it feel like my trust in Jesus isn't there, and it's not alive, it's not fruitful, it's not producing? and, And we begin to wonder, what's wrong? And in this moment, we can feel frustration, maybe that we're alone, And we got the weight of the world, and it's like, I've got to do everything. Other times, we get in this place because life happens, and we're like, I don't even know what to believe anymore. I'm not sure what to put my trust in, faith in. And we can feel that dryness. We can feel that, that, that death and it feels that wrestling inside of us. We're like, what am I supposed to do with life right now? I know I felt before the feeling of why can't I trust God with this specific thing? I can I can talk about, like, I trust God, but then there's this thing that happens, and I have a very hard time going, yes, God, I can trust you with it, and it can be frustrating, and I don't know if you've been in that place before, or you're in that place right now, but I was talking to a retired pastor this week He came to my office and sometimes comes around And he prays with staff And he, I shook his hand, really glad to see him And I told him when I was talking about this Sunday And he said, oh, Scott He said, I felt those moments And I'm looking at this man that I respect And, and I'm like, if he has had those moments And I think we all can have those moments Where we're wrestling with Do I really trust God right now with this? Do I really trust God with what I'm experiencing now? And sometimes you can be like, what has happened? And I think about this story, and I wonder if we need encouragement today. That what we're feeling is not something that's dead. Not something that is maybe completely gone. But maybe we just don't see it at the moment maybe there's maybe it's 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 something that that is not on the surface at the moment but but it's not dead maybe i need to remind us that it's just not being fed that's not non-existent but really it's not being nourished in the way that it's supposed to be nourished so that beautiful growth can come up and so that it can be seen it can be experienced That maybe I want to encourage you or potentially challenge you. That there's more under the surface, there's more potential than we've realized when we begin to feed this this faith and this trust in God. And it begins to grow and mature. I think this is what Paul is talking about when he's talking to the church in his letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4. Paul is having this conversation of what he expects from the church, what he wants for the church, what he hopes for the church, and and, and he begins to talk about your faith needs to grow and mature. It needs to grow into something beautiful, and this is what he says. So, uh, So Christ himself... Gave the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. He gives people to the church to equip his people for the works of the service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And verse 13 says, Until we all reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining, and this is a great sentence, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ everything that Jesus wants for us, everything that he is trying to give us, live in, the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind and teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every aspect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. Picture this. Paul has planted this church, and he wants so much for them. I mean, picture, he's, he's kind of the pastor of this church in Ephesus, and he's, he's, he's pleading with them. He's, he's speaking to them. He's writing to them, going, I want you to grow. I want you to mature. I don't want you to stop. Because I want you to live in the fullness of Christ. That's a lot of things. The fullness of Christ. But there has to be growth. It doesn't just happen. There has to be intentional growth. And Paul wanted this for the people. And Paul wanted this for the church as a whole to grow together. And so there's a practical side to this. Paul wouldn't have known this story at the time, but there's a practical side to this in this Death Valley picture of the potential that's under the surface that just hasn't come to its full growth. That maybe we haven't experienced the fullness of Christ We haven't experienced the fullness of the trusting relationship that that, that God has been pursuing us to receive. And maybe we need to be reminded, like I said, challenged today, that we will never experience all that God has for us, all that it could be, without what I'll call a rainfall. Without a rainfall. Without our faith being fed, we will never live in this trusting relationship. It won't grow. And we'll find ourselves, hear me, we'll find ourselves in a place maybe where we'll be people who profess a faith in Jesus, but practically speaking, put the trust in ourselves. Have you ever been in that place where you profess a faith in Jesus, but practically speaking, you put the trust in yourself and you end up like Adam and Eve? Where you you, you don't trust Jesus in the way He wants us to, and it stunts the growth in our relationship. We don't put our trust in Jesus, and we end up having this immature relationship with God that eventually leads to disobedience, leads to sin, leads to destruction, leads to a life that He's not calling us to. We profess faith. but we end up trusting ourselves, And so I'll say again, we need a, a, a rainfall. But the question is, what does that rainfall look like? What does feeding our faith in order to build trust look like? If we need to move from a place of like there's dead areas or dormant areas of where we don't trust Jesus completely? How do we feed that so that we can experience the full potential of how God wants us to walk with him? How do we get to that place? Because can I plead with you this morning that there is more than what you're sitting in right now, and we don't have to always live in defeat. We don't always have to live in this overwhelming life scenario where we're just trying to keep up. We can live in this trusting peace, this trusting hope, this relationship where it may not always go our way, but we can trust in the outcome in Jesus. How do we get to this place where we have the fullness of Christ in us? How do we feed that? And I'll tell you, the, I think the plan is pretty simple. The problem is many of us don't do it. The plan is pretty simple, the problem is we don't intentionally live our life in a way that feeds these areas so we see the super bloom of trust and so all I'm going to share to you this morning is something super I think super practical ways that we can feed this so that rainfall in our life happens And there may be more to this list, and I'm fine with that, but these are kind of areas in my life that that I have to remind myself, Scott, don't forget to exercise this. And if you're a note-taker, you'll like me, because I'm going to give you all five on the front end of areas that I think that God uses to develop trust. And and those five things are this. Jesus-centered relationships... Private disciplines, personal ministry, being receptive to his presence in the hard moments, and giving God the thing that brings you the most stress giving God the thing that brings you most stress. So let's, let's circle back. Let's go through those five things real quick, okay? These five things. Um, um, Jesus-centered relationships. In the beginning of the church, um, after jesus left and the holy spirit is given and, and the church is growing the author of acts his name was luke he kind of gives a picture of how the church grows and any and he tells them or he tells us i should say what they did and it, um, acts two forty two, you've maybe heard this before he says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to fellowship the breaking of bread and to prayer What he's telling them in this moment He's giving specifics what they did But what he's really telling us is They did it all together In order to grow into What Jesus was hoping the church would grow into What people would grow into They needed each other They needed relationships But can I tell you more than relationships They needed Jesus-centered relationships We need lots of relationships in life, okay? We can't just circle with just the same people with the same beliefs and the same lifestyle, everything. Like, we need to have friends in a lot of places, but we need Jesus-centered relationships because we don't need just help. We need Jesus-centered help. And we need to understand that we're going to go through things in life and God uses people to point us in the right direction. And we need people who are going to point us to Jesus no matter what we are going through. Okay? This is really important, because some of you, you have lots of friends, and you go, uh, they're really loyal, they're there for me, Um, these are people I've known my whole life, and and, and I've walked through life with them, and I want to ask you a question. When you have conversations, does Jesus ever enter the scene? And when you are talking about life, does Jesus ever get to be part of the conversation? When you go through your tough moments and you're with these people, is Jesus ever the answer? It's good to have people who help you problem solve. But at the end of the day, if Jesus doesn't enter the story, then we're going to circle back there again and again and again. And so I'll tell you this again. We need Jesus-centered relationships because what these people do is, is they begin to remind us where trust can be put. They can remind us when we have answers Where answers are found And we can trust in the answers we find in Jesus and In the Scripture We need people to remind us when we have forgotten There is a right way to live and a wrong way to live There is a way that leads to the, um, and to, to the hopefulness and the destination that we all want but, but, but hear me, this seems very, very simple But think about this in your circle of people Is Jesus ever invited into that? If not, two things have to happen. One is you need to get your circle a little bit bigger, invite in people that can remind you of Jesus, or you need to bring Jesus to the conversation. All right? This is why we do, one of the reasons we do church. This is why I want everybody to find relationships in here. It's why we do small groups. It's why, frankly, when we, we went from one service to two services, I told you is because the overall vision, the future, is that on Sunday morning, this place is filled with small groups that we needed more space for small groups because I know life is tough and I know your life is busy and so maybe Sunday morning you've got three hours that you can worship together and encourage each other and we can build relationships in here but there can be relationships all through this building where we talk about Jesus. We put Jesus front and center. We build relationships with people who can once again reinforce where trust can be placed. It's why it's important so I always will fight for it. That it's worth you getting up a little earlier. Well, y'all are the early crowd, so you're good, right? You're here. Why you need to stay a little bit longer, okay? This is because this is important. And we don't realize it's how important it is until we're too far down the road and we go, we've left Jesus behind because we don't have these relationships that are Jesus centered. The second thing, private disciplines. Jesus is um, speaking, and, and um, in Matthew chapter 4, he says, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is Jesus when he's in um, the wilderness in temptation, right? And he's saying, he's actually speaking to the enemy, and he's saying, life is more than just the stuff we eat or the stuff we consume that we need to live on everything god is saying now here's the problem sometimes our diet of everything that god is saying is me and i told you this before i have to circle back here because i think we forget is me maybe is even our small groups if you're part of one And I've already told you this is important. We need to have people in our life that speak Jesus into our life. But there is so much that God wants to speak to you. And you need to learn to dig into those things that God wants to speak to us that isn't just corporate, it's personal. That we need to find times when we can dig into prayer ourselves. Not just someone speaking a prayer over. We need to find time to dig into scripture, not just someone speaking it to. We need to find time where scripture talks about this discipline of fasting and how it, it changes our, our life and how we operate with God. That that in our private disciplines, God speaks to us, does work in us in ways that builds trust that doesn't happen in here. It becomes very personal. One of my friends was talking the last couple weeks to me. He's like, Scott, I need to break out the Bible again. Where should I go? What should I do? Asking direction. It's one of the best questions someone can give me. Because it's moving past this moment into our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. And I think in those moments when we decide I want scripture, I want prayer, I want worship, I want fasting, all that thing to work in my life, there's another level of growth that can happen what you begin to learn is God meets you there. I trust that God meets me there. He wants to have personal time with me. He's speaking to his disciples in John 13 and he just says this simple sentence now that you know these things you'll be blessed if you will do them. Other place I read it, "If you'll be blessed if you practice them. Jesus is giving this teaching and he's like okay now you, you'll receive the blessing of everything I want to do in your life if now you'll go and do them. And I think you know I don't think you need me to tell you but I think you need reminded but you know God wants to spend personal time with you he is a, a God that meets us at one hope but I think God wants to meet you in moments throughout your week that becomes just you and him and we will stunt our relationship if we don't do this and we won't reach the full potential that God has for us, that we will experience in Christ. All right, third one. Personal ministry. Once again, these things I think feed this relationship, feed this trust that we can have in Jesus. Personal ministry. Galatians 6, 9. Paul once again is talking talking to the church right in this letter and he says let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up let me tell you there's two harvests in this i think the byproduct of the work on the outside and a byproduct of the work on the inside you have been on the receiving end of other people investing in you in life right you know what that feels like right you know it's like when someone gives themselves, serves you, and, 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 and is generous with you and, 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 and it does things for your life and you're like, yeah, it's on the other, there's something so special about that. God wants to use you in the same way so that not only your trust is built because of other people, you help build other people's trust up. And you need to be start having a filter. I need to start having a missional mind filter where every day it's not just about building my kingdom, it's building His kingdom. And how we do that is investing in other people, serving other people. This is why we ask you even to find a place to serve in this church. Don't just come and go. Find your place to serve because there's something that happens. You know what happens? When we begin to serve other people, it is a blessing to them But whenever you serve or give yourself to other people, you you find ways to be generous with your time, your money, your efforts, all the things. God meets us in that where we begin to see his move in our life and it builds up an aspect of the relationship we wouldn't get any other way. We begin to see, wow, God, you can use me. You can use me because this may not be everybody but many many people wonder if they have anything to bring to the table and you start having a mindset of ministry all of a sudden god goes yeah i created you for purposes beyond yourself Trust me, I'll meet you in this place and use your life to make a difference in someone else's. And you're like, oh man, this is really cool. But God does something in you that grows you and develops you and inspires you beyond just the act of helping someone else. We need to have Jesus centered relationships, we need to have private dis- dis- disciplines. But sometimes we need to remember we need to have mission. Mission where we are in ministry every single day, God builds our relationship in those moments. Where he shows us things we don't see any other time. Fourth thing, fourth thing. Uh, how, how? Whoa. Whoa. That's good. Okay. Um. The where did it go? Oh. Time out. Okay, the fourth thing. How do we grow in our faith is we do it when we are receptive to his presence during the hardest moments in our life. In the Old Testament, Moses is having a conversation with the Israelites, specifically Joshua. Joshua is about to take over in leadership, but they're going through some really rough times. Moses sees that they're going through times that are testing their trust in God. And in this moment, I think God inspired, he steps up and speaks these words to them. In Deuteronomy 31, he says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. That sometimes in life, we need to be reminded that in your hardest moments, we need to be receptive or open to that God wants to meet us in those places. And what he does is he reminds you, see, you can trust me, I'm here. I think Moses need to remind the people, need to remind Joshua as he was about to take leadership. You're gonna struggle. You're gonna have hard moments. But I wanna speak a trusting word in you that God meets us in these moments. And when we're open to Him meeting us in these moments, it builds a trust of these words. They never leave, forsake us. He goes before us and He's with us always. And I have to say this for this reason. For some reason, you are your worst enemy in life. When things get tough, you lean more into yourself than anyone else. When you are in your hardest moment, you are your worst enemy because you don't go, God, meet me here. You kind of, it's almost, we we hunker down. Is that a word, hunker? Hunker down. And we go, I just got to make this happen. In the moments we need God most to be reminded He goes before us, He surrounds us. That you don't need to be afraid, don't need to be discouraged, are in those hard moments, but sometimes we close off the presence of God. And here's the deal: He never gets to earn your trust that next time you can go to Him too. And then what we say is, God, where were you in this? And as your pastor, can I say He was there? You're the problem. I'm the problem. He was there, but we close ourselves off. Then we can go through life professing faith in him, but trusting ourselves, and he never gets in the hardest moments. And then we blame it on him. We get mad at him. It's because we don't trust him, because we haven't let him earn the trust, but he's wanting to pursue you. He's wanting to earn this trust. So, will you let him meet you, be in your life in the hardest moments so your relationship can grow, that he will walk out what Moses said to Joshua? And then the fifth thing we need to be people who are giving God the thing that brings us the most stress. What worries you the most in life? Kids? Job? Some other relationship? Your finances? Something about your future? What's the greatest thing you worry about in your life? Um, once again, the Old Testament is Moses has led the Israelites um, out of captivity, out of uh, slavery and he's, he's met him in this place and, and, and God speaks to them, he goes hey, I know you're going to need food so I'm going to send you manna from heaven do you know this story? I'm going to send you manna from heaven and um, he says, but this is the deal I'm going to give it to you every day so don't collect it, just take what I bring every single day so God does, he delivers he provides for them and what do they do? They gather and gather and gather and gather, and they try to take more than's needed for that day. And the end result is it just becomes like corrupt and gross, and there's insects. And... Because the, most, the thing they were most stressed about was how they're going to eat the next day. And they didn't trust God that what He said would come true, that He'd provide for their greatest place of stress. When we don't do that, one, we don't build the trust, and we don't allow God to do what He promised us He would do. I've had conversations with people. Just one avenue, finances, has been their stress, and like, Scott, can we talk? And I'm like, yeah, and and, and of course, because, you know, the top of finances, a lot of times the pastor talking about um, uh, tithing, and we, we know Scripture and what it says about tithing, but over and over I've had people tell me, Scott, I was so stressed about money. I was so stressed about my finances and I just decided I was going to be obedient and I started to tithe. And, 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 and over and over they're just like, Scott, it built a faith that all of a sudden I'm giving to God. And he's providing in ways he never could before because I'm obedient. And that's just one area. it was a financial one, but it's so practical because I know finances are stressful for us. But what are we giving God that stresses us the most? That some of us need to wake up in the morning and say, God, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you with this thing. Y'all know my story. My, my, uh, um, my daughter graduated high school last night. Little sucker. She's on the way to a cruise right now, so whatever. But, but she's leaving for college. There'll be a moment I go, God, I trust you. I trust you. I have to say it and say it and say it because it's, it'll be a stress in my life. What's that thing you're so stressed about that God has said, I will work it out. I'll provide for you. I'll meet you in it. I will carry this with you. What's the greatest stress that you have that you need to say, God, I trust you with this. And then when he provides, when he gives and he does, it builds this relationship up to say, why didn't I always just go to you? On Friday, um, I was here, and someone stopped by the office randomly. I, I looked out my window in my office, and someone parked beside my Jeep, and I was like, who's that? That's where I'm usually here by myself. and It was, it was a lady that I had met on a Sunday morning, and she was like, Can I come in and just pray? And she's just broken. She's like, Life is just too much. Life, is... I said, yeah. And I took her to the prayer room and we sat for a moment. I just prayed over her. And I said, listen, you need to have moments with God yourself, but can I say a simple prayer over you? And the prayer was this: God help her name. God help her to trust you in where she's overwhelmed right now. God, help her to trust you that you love her, that you're present, that you're powerful, that you care about it, that you want to meet her in this, that she doesn't have to carry this burden. Trust that that whenever we bring it to you, that you will walk with us. And I just, I prayed this quick trusting prayer and I walked away, went back to my office and started working. And as she left, she just said, I can breathe again. She came and told me and she left, I can breathe again. Thanks for praying. Sometimes we just need to say the prayer, say the words, God, I trust you. And then it builds a relationship. Sometimes we don't reach the fullness of a relationship with God and we profess a faith, but we trust ourselves because we aren't feeding this relationship in the right ways. And we end up at the end of life in the same immature relationship with God that we've always had. You can come to church every week and still have this immature relationship with God. That's why Paul had to tell them, grow in the faith together. And so I want to encourage you today, is there something you need to trust God with? Is there an area of your life of these five things I brought up that you're not doing and so it's not feeding this relationship and so you're not reaching the full potential? Is there something there? We're going to end in worship as we do. Maybe that's something you need to give over to God. Maybe it's something you say, God, I want to get better at this, whatever. But what I want for you this morning is the same thing Paul wanted for the church. that we grow in maturity so that we can have the fullness of Christ in our life. But it doesn't happen by accident. So Heavenly Father, thanks for wanting to have a relationship with us. Thanks for wanting to be in our life. Thank you for wanting for us to come to you with everything. But God, help us see the areas where we think we're, we're, we're good, but we're not trusting you and we're not, we're not digging in and growing these aspects of our life. God, we want more. More. More of you. More of what you want for us. And help us not to settle for less. Help us to give our life completely to you as you've been pursuing us. We love you today. In the name of prayer. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you would like to hear more, check out our website at ouronehope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.